There's a lost soul who's tired of the sinning. You are listening to the Daily Doctrine Devotional. This is a daily podcast designed to teach and preach Bible doctrine each weekday throughout the year. This is Evangelist Tim McVeigh asking you to please let others know about this podcast so that they can subscribe or tune in each weekday. At the end of the podcast, we will provide you with subscription information as well as contact information for our ministry. Thank you for listening, and we pray that the Lord will help each of us as we study and preach the Word of God. And the saints all with gladness are singing the glorious song of the redeemed, song of the redeemed. Thank you once again for tuning into this Thursday edition of the podcast. We'd like to welcome each and every one of you that are listening. And uh, this week, they gave us some stats so far for 2023, and I found it kind of interesting, some things I didn't know about the podcast. I don't really keep up with those type of things, trying to raise children, be on the road. I don't really keep track of a lot of these things. Uh, we had listeners from 14 foreign countries. And what I found interesting is, Lord willing, by the end of next week, we'll have recorded 40 hours of podcasts. Now, that's myself and, of course, guest speakers as well. But over 40 hours of preaching have gone out, and we thank the Lord for that. What a privilege it is to have 40 hours. That's two work weeks out there of the preaching of the Word of God and how we do thank the Lord for that. And I don't know how many episodes we have. We have I have reached five a week, so 250-plus episodes. And uh, some of them had uh, over 100 listeners, 100 downloads, a couple hundred listeners. Uh, some of them had 40 downloads, so maybe 80 listeners. So we certainly thank the Lord for each and every one of you that listen. Let folks know about the podcast if you would. And of course, in a couple of weeks, here, we're going to have some guest preachers coming on, giving their testimonies. And uh, there's some other guests that are not preachers giving their testimonies as well. And so we're looking at the Pharisees, the scribes, the hypocrites. They look at the things that uh, they speak of, the things they love so much. And, and we talked about verse 20, whoso therefore shall swear by the altar. We're in Matthew 23. Sweareth by it and all things thereon, and whoso shall swear by the temple, sweareth by it and by him that dwelleth therein, and he that shall swear by heaven, sweareth by the throne of God and by him that sitteth thereon. And then verse 23 is another woe, when he says, Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you pay tithe of mint and anise and the cumin, and have omitted the weightier matters of the law, judgment, mercy, and faith. These ought ye to have done, and not to leave the other undone. Now, of course, the hyper-dispensationalist and the fraud and the phony and uh, those that are deceitful and covetous, they say, well, there's no such thing as tithe anymore. God did away with tithing, but you never see that in the Bible. It's just something that a covetous man who likes his own wealth and his own finances uh, decided to make a doctrinal issue, and that's spread and propagated throughout history, I'm sure. Uh, but yet, the, God never told us to do away with that, but the most important thing is that you have a judgment, mercy, and faith. There's weightier matters of the law. These you ought to have done, not left the others undone. So it's not that you're bringing all these wonderful things to tithe. I mean, if mint and anise and, and if cumin, and I mean, you bring those things in and tithe them, but you don't have mercy and you don't have faith. Those things that really matter to God. And so it is a balance. That's why temperance is one of the fruit of the Spirit. And you look at temperance, you realize it is a balance in life. And I know I've heard guys preach for balance. I've heard guys preach against balance. They say a balanced ministry is like a bicycle. It's just ready to fall over. And that one guy said, uh, if you're in the left-hand ditch, you're in the wrong place. You're in the right-hand ditch, you're in the wrong place. You'd be right in the middle of the road. 
And then I heard a man preach one time against being in the middle of the road. He said, the only thing you find in the middle of the road are dead things with two yellow stripes down their back. So I was confused by that. I don't know whether to be a moderate or a liberal or a conservative or being in the middle of the road or being one ditch or the other ditch. Or I do know one thing. I just need to be in the way of God. I think that probably helped me more than anything else. You, know, you find these illustrations, and there's always somebody to undo your illustrations. So I've learned to just be what God wants you to be, be where God wants you to be, and be in the way that God wants you to be. And make sure you have faith, make sure you're using mercy, make sure you have judgment, as well as pay your tithes. I believe it's wise to pay your tithes. You're going to pay them one way or the other. You may as well give them to God. That's just the reality of life. You blind guides would strain to the gnat and swallow a camel. They cannot see. They got proselytes. They got people following them. They're propagating their doctrines of devils. Hey, the book of Hebrews shouldn't be in the Bible. And they're out there propagating that kind of silliness. The book of James is not for the New Testament church. And you know, they're propagating this and people get on board and therefore, you know, you can run your mouth and you can jaw about people that believe that because you don't have to read James talking about that tongue set on fire of hell because it doesn't apply to the church and the foolishness that we see and the foolishness of just not believing what God has. And there are men that have great followings in that kind of stuff. There are men that have great followings in this hyper-dispensational day in Calvinism and uh, Arminianism. They have great followings propagated. I was reading in the, uh, the auto shop where I get work done on the car. I was reading just the other day. And I was looking at the uh, catalog they had in there, and there were some religious uh, articles and things in there. And as I, I realized, it says all quotations from the ESV, and then, of course, the ASV and the NSV. And, and then I realized that they're just basically quoting Calvinism. And it's free. Take one. You know, you want some religion. It's about grief, and it's about sorrow, and it's kind of the stuff they leave in the hospital. You know, when you're grieving, read this. And it's just, really, it's just Norman Vincent people mo- motivational speaking. And it's just something to like kind of stir the cockles of your heart, make sure your heart's warm and fuzzy when you leave. And, and yet it's not God. It's not godliness. It's not holiness. It's a temporary fix for a long-term problem. And unless you get the long-term problem fixed, you're in trouble with God. But they have proselytes. They have followers. They have millions, some people that follow them. There's YouTube channels of religionists. I was looking uh, in my stats today, and I'm in the top 40% of a Buzzsprout podcast. And I thank the Lord for that. Uh, I like at least I made it the top forty. Kasem Kasem would be very proud of me. And uh, one of the things that I realized is that I'm the top ten percent of religious podcasts. And I realize there's people that have followings that ten at least ten percent probably have more than I do. And the top religious podcasters have over twenty five thousand listens, a, you know, in a week. And uh, 25,000 downloads. And I realize there are people out there that have great followings. And, uh, you know, I'm not trying to get people to follow me. I hope you're not a follower of Tim McVeigh unless I'm following Christ. I want people to follow Christ. That's why we preach doctrine. That's why we teach doctrine. I'm not trying to get proselytes. trying to get people to Jesus Christ. You know, they're blind guides. They can't see, but they strain to the gnat and they swallow a camel. They'll sit there and choke to death on tithing. And the most unmerciful people you'll ever meet. They sit there and choke to death on these doctrinal things. They'll choke to death on the soul of Jesus Christ, the great doctrine of the Word of God, but then they'll swallow a camel. They'll buy a bunch of separation, ultra and garbage nonsense that amounts to nothing with God. And we got to separate from everybody and pull away from everybody. And, you know, they don't, they would never ever have a tambourine clanger in their church because, oh my goodness, the walls would fall down. But they don't believe the Bible. So what's the difference? If you're not going to believe the Bible, you may as well get a drum set and a band and have some uh, have some strobe lights and have free coffee and donuts every day. Why? Because you know if you're going to enjoy it, you may as well enjoy it without God. That's the way I look at it. Uh, you, I remember down being down in Atlanta, and they have the Bar Church right behind Martin Luther King's uh, former church there at Zion, and uh, they have the Bar Church, and 
they have beer on tap and this long haired hippie gets up and teaches the Bible. And every Sunday they have bar church. And, and I remember people just up in arms when that opened up and they were protesting and everything else. And I thought, well, if you're foolish enough to go to a bar church, have at it. I mean, enjoy life while you can, you know, enjoy a few beers, eat some hot wings, enjoy the preaching, whatever it takes. I mean, you know, you're far from God, but if you, that's what you choose, if you're ignorant enough to follow that foolishness and to fully follow your own lust, and you're ultimately going to die and go to hell. So you may as well enjoy this life while you can. At least maybe get some free mozzarella sticks while you're there. And I know people think that's just cynical. That's just mocking. Well, it is. That's what religion does to people. That's what the Pharisees do to people. Uh, they're blind leading the blind. They're swallowing camels, straining the gnats. They strain at separation, strain at godliness, strain at standards. And then they swallow a camel of error, a camel of false doctrine. They'll whine and complain about men wearing shorts and preachers preach against men wearing shorts. And then they get up there and renounce the book of Hebrews as for the tribulational saints. I mean, I don't know about you. I personally would rather just believe the Bible and wear long pants. That's just me personally. And, uh, but that's, that's just these ideas that men, they'll rant and rave about these things or against these things. And then they swallow that camel. I've watched it for the, my entire Christian life. I've watched people go off on tangents, go off into the ditches, go off into hyperdispensationalism, go off into dispensationalism. They go pick up Clarence Larkin and all of a sudden Clarence Larkin's their new God. And then they go on to MacArthur and then he's their new God. Then they switch over to this guy, and he's their new God. And, you know, they don't have the God of the Bible. That's where they're blind guides. That's where they're looking for proselytes. But he said there's a woe unto them. Because of that, there's a woe. They're going to perish. They're going to die. They're going to die without hope, die without Christ. They're going to be lost. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites. If you make clean the outside of the cup and of the platter, but within they are full of extortion and excess. It's interesting. I've seen people complain about a dirty dish, especially at a buffet. And I try not to go to too many buffets, but... Occasionally you go to one. We got a couple of good ones over in the center part of the state, and and uh, I can see people complain. They get a little bit of a, a egg on there, and I've told my wife before. I said, well, at least that egg's been cooked to two hundred degrees in the c- commercial dishwasher, so it's probably safer than most people's houses. And the same guy complained about his dirty date sitting there and got food in his beard, hasn't washed his hands in three days, but he's complaining about a dirty plate. <laughs> it's just people. Oh, that outward so clean, that outward so spotless. I watch these ladies look in the mirror and they brush their teeth and whiten their teeth and they put some liner and some lipstick and boy, they want their teeth and their lips to look so pretty, but it's not what they look like. It's what comes out of them that identifies who they are. And all oh, those lips spew venom. Those lips spew bitterness. Those lips spew vile affections. And they tear down, they destroy. And I've watched mothers tear down their children with their vile lips and cursing their children, screaming at their children with those same lips they've spent so much time adorning. And God forbid, we be whited walls. God forbid, as the Apostle Paul told that high priest, that whited sepulcher. And then, of course, he repented because he didn't realize that he was uh, the high priest of God. But so many today have cleaned up that outside. They've washed that outside so clean. They live so right outwardly. They're so perfected outwardly. But inwardly, they're ravening wolves. They devour men's houses for pretense. They are scribes and Pharisees and hypocrites. And he said this, he said, For you make clean the outside of the cup of the platter, but within they are full of extortion and excess. How many farms do you need? How many barns do you need? How many herds do you need? How much money do you need? No, that becomes the focus. That becomes their life. That becomes the telltale mark of who they are. Outwardly, they're clean, but inwardly, they're filled with covetousness. Inwardly, the extortion abounds and bad business and filthy communication. He said, thou blind Pharisee. That's what he calls them again. Cleanse first that which is within the cup and platter, that the outside of them may be clean also. 
Can you imagine getting a cup and it looks so nice on the outside? It's all clean and spick and span. And you get down to the bottom of where your coffee was in there. And you get down to the bottom and you find it was nasty and filthy and dirty and hadn't been cleaned in weeks and dead ants floating in the bottom and just vile. That's, that's what God thinks of the Pharisee. That's what God thinks of this blind Pharisee. That's what God thinks of dead religion that has whited the outward and yet has not cleansed the inward. And I watch this crowd today, they preach against those standards. They preach against uh, dressing holy, living holy, listen to holy music, separating themselves unto Jesus Christ. They preach against those things. They preach against men that outward, they think everybody's a Pharisee. They accuse everybody of being, you know, I know people that inwardly have that change of Jesus Christ, and it has gone to the outward, to God be the glory. When I got saved and first went to church, I had to go find a pair of pants because all I had was my dress blues and my BDUs at the time. That's my military camouflage. And I had to go find a pair of pants to wear to church. I knew you at least ought to wear pants to church, if nothing else. And went down to the church house. And I, I adorned the way I, I, I looked when I went down to the church house. I wanted to be seen differently. And God soon showed me that it better be an inward thing, not an outward thing. And today, I dress according to a standard that's inside of me. I dress according to what God would have me to do to be modest and be discreet and have myself covered and not to try to show off. I think I'm something. And remember these men with big muscles, they got to show off their muscles. Not a godly man, he doesn't. Because he's not worried about those big muscles. He knows tomorrow God can snatch those muscles away from him. Man worried about his hair. And God forbid these preachers worried about trimming their goatees and getting their hair just right. God forbid. Worried about how they look more than anything else. More than the outside. God forbid. Why don't you change the inside? Watch the outside change. It's like that lady. And boy, I tell you, there's nothing more beautiful than a lady that walks with God. And you see it in her countenance. You see it in her attitude. And you watch men covet that. And you're the natural man says, there's no outward beauty. What is it I see in that? They see that inward beauty. And that inward beauty comes to the outside. And I've seen them literally aglow with the spirit of God and walking with God. And the Pharisees can't understand that. And that's why there's a woe to them. They're blind. They cannot see that. They do not understand that change. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites. For you're like unto whited sepulchers, which indeed appear beautiful outward but are within full of dead men's bones and of all uncleanness. That's the problem. It's all uncleanness. It's not relative. It's not a sliding scale. You're either clean or unclean. There's no zero to 10. You're either clean or you're, you're filthy. There's nothing in between. And men try to do that sliding scale. Well, I'm fairly clean. Well, my hands are pretty clean. My inwards are pretty clean. All oh, you Pharisees. That's why there's a woe to you. You've gone and you've made these sepulchers that appear beautiful, the full of dead men's bones within. And even so, you also outwardly appear righteous unto men, but within you're full of hypocrisy and iniquity. And people spend their life trying to prove what they are, spend their life trying to prove to others what they are, spend their life trying to prove how they live right and walk right and, and how they're better and how they live better and they live cleaner. But my friend, if it's not inwardly, you're in trouble. If that's not something in your heart, you're in trouble. And oh, my friend, I've learned this. When it's an inward change, that inward change is wrought of God. And you walk with God inwardly and you're clean inwardly, that outside will take care of itself. And that's just the doctrine of the Word of God. That's what Jesus Christ is teaching here. Boy, a lot of people, a lot of colleges, a lot of churches, they spend so much time cleaning people up on the outside. And they miss the inward change. 
If they'd spend more time cleaning them up on the inside, they wouldn't have to worry so much about the outside. Don't be a scribe. Don't be a Pharisee. Don't be a hypocrite. Just walk with God. Be where God wants you to be. Have a great day. Lord willing, we'll be back here tomorrow. There's a lost soul who's tired of his sinning, and he longs to return to the Lord. As he cries for forgiveness and mercy, God is waiting. You have been listening to the Daily Doctrine Podcast with Evangelist Tim McVeigh. For correspondence, please contact us through our website and someevangelist.com and use the contact form to connect with us. You may also subscribe to the podcast through our website or search for Daily Doctrine Evangelist Tim McVeigh on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Audible, or Amazon. To write to us, please use our church address, which is Manasseh Community Baptist Church, 70 Back Hollow Road, Blaine, Pennsylvania, 17006. Thank you for listening, and we pray that the Lord will help each of us as we study and preach the Word of God. Don't forget to subscribe and tune in tomorrow. And remember to look up for your redemption draweth nigh. Now the angels of God are rejoicing for the prodigal child has come home and the saints all with gladness are singing.